That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker What's up, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, it's Nestlemania alongside, for the ride, is a man that is the original White Lightning, JC. I am very white, and I am super fast, so you could call me Lightning. But Nestlemania, this week, we got a lot on the docket. We got, of course, all the shit about Wrestlemania. A lot of Wrestlemania talk this week, but Nestlemania, it's also, revolution is a mystery. This card sucks, but we gotta talk about it at the end of the show. Before we went on air, JC wrote basically shit on everything AEW. I literally looked at the card. I'm like, yeah. okay, main event. They completely botched it. Uh, tag team clusterfuck. Samoa Joe Ward, low rerun. Jericho Starks, rerun. Uh, the elite versus, I don't fucking care about trios championship. And then fucking two women that shouldn't even be sniffing a title taking on Jamie Hayter. What a card, Tony Khan. You suck. It's horrible, dude. I'm so disappointed. Uh, like we were talking about it because like I'm off. I mean, I'm working Sunday, so I won't be able to buy it anyways. But like, even if I was off and had a million dollars, I don't think I'd put a cent towards it. What a shit card. I mean, I really wanted to watch this, but the minute they made it an Iron Man match, you lost me. That's the I thing. That's like on paper, on a poster, MJF, Brian Danielson. Fuck yes. Yes. But the lead up in the Iron Man, I'm out. So yeah. God damn it's it. Tough. It's tough because I, you want them to succeed in the worst way possible. And they're doing their other things are doing great. But this overall thing is just it's a fucking mess. It's a fucking yeah. mess. AEW is a shit show right now. And it's like you said, it's a shame because we like a lot of things that could be going on there, but aren't. But we're going to talk about that later because Nestlemania, how do we normally start the show? We always start in the shine, JC. Always in the shine, much like Mandy Rose. And I mean, man, maybe this guy's just taking her moniker because, I mean, I might love him more than I love her. Oh, we're talking Cody Rhodes. Oh, he had the match of the week. Oh, with another JC guy, Chad Gable. Oh, pew, 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 pew. Super hot fire, Cody Rhodes, Chad Gable. Take it away, Nestlemania. I mean, so first off, I wanted to say this. There's a couple things about Cody Rhodes we are all love. We know that. But when he came out and he gave the white belt to the kid, you're like smiles on people's faces. That's what they he's tell the w- John Cena. Yeah, I mean he. I mean, and, and but he's. But the thing is, is I've watched a lot of Cody interviews lately because he's hitting. He's hitting the rounds, especially during Mania season. And he made a comment. He's like, "I drove Cena around, and I made it an effort to remember everything he taught me." And I'm just. And, and when I saw that weight belt thing, I'm like, "God damn it!" There's Bret Hart. God damn it! There's John Cena. Like it, it's Cody Rhodes. Like, like if they're afraid of the Sami Zayn effect, I get it. But Sami Zayn ain't doing that shit. And it's like, when I saw that, I went, that girl legitimately will remember that the rest of her life, folks. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's all about. And then on top of that, the match was fucking hot fire. And I loved it. And I was sitting there with my pants off, dance off. And I was just loving every second of it. But here's the part that I don't think a lot of people really, really think about. The ending, it was probably the best uh, crossroads I've seen. But before that was the Otis bit. And for me... 
that is the difference between why Cody Rhodes was in AEW versus Cody Rhodes being in the WWE. Because that, for me, folks, showed why he needed to come back. Because not only did he have a great match, but he also was a very much an entertainer in that match. And he went out of his way to do that. Like, she's in the crowd, bro. She's in the crowd. And then, of course, like, whoop, 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 whoop. And it worked. It just worked. And I just thought to myself, I'm so glad he's back. Because it's not that, like, I didn't enjoy Cody Rhodes in AEW. I did, to a certain extent. But Cody Rhodes in the WWE just fits. It just fits so much easier. And I just really enjoy what he's bringing to the table because there's different facets of his game every single time he comes out there that I'm just like, maybe he, he really does believe he's the best wrestler in the world right now. Well, he yeah. says, he says he believes he can be, but he's number two because Roman Reigns is undisputed. Well, that's he's like, I'm two. And he's like, set this three. And he's like, there's probably some guys over at where I used to work that are like four through six. So I just, I, and I look at it, I think to myself, Jesus Christ, like I wasn't, not that I'm not a Cody guy. I mean, obviously you have been, but he's made me a believer for absolutely ridiculous amounts of reason. Yeah, he's he just like the thing that you hit on with AEW is we kind of talked about at the time, like he did a lot of cool things and worked with a lot of like newer talent there, but he hamstrung himself immediately when he did the world title thing. And it was just like, okay, well then then what are we doing? You're just gonna win this this new mid-card title over and over again. You're gonna put guys over like Malachi Black and whatever. It's just like that's cool, but it's like there's potential for more here. And like going to WWE, we saw it immediately. Like there's an unfinished story. So that writes itself. But now I think we're seeing in this lead up is that even beyond that, like when he wins, there's going to be some grace period for a while. Eventually, like we're going to get kill Cody. And that's right. Then I like that you said that he paid attention to John Cena. Cause there's another guy he always has paid attention to. And that's Randy Orton. So we're talking about like one of the best baby faces ever, one of the best heels ever. So it's just like, it's like, he's going to be fine no matter what he does. But, just like the more I watch him, I'm like, holy fuck. Like it really is like I, he found a way, a guy that if you would have told us a year and a half ago, that like, he'd be the top baby face in wrestling. Some people would have laughed at you, especially with the fucking neck tat and everything. But like he's hitting on all cylinders for people right now. And this lead up's going to be good. Him and Roman are going to talk on Friday. It sounds like so uh, we're full speed ahead, baby. I'm very curious how you feel about what happened on Monday, specifically the fact that, and we talked about this, I think in the job and Arker thread, but it was the fact that, Heyman, Solo, and Jimmy were on Raw, didn't really cross paths. They mentioned, well, Heyman mentioned him, really. I think Jimmy might have too, but it just it just feel like, like you said, they're waiting. They're anticipating it. They're taking their time. They're letting it breathe instead of being like, boom, 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 boom. Now we're getting to a point where like, holy shit, we're only 33 days away and we really haven't even begun What's yeah, they, have, they haven't gone face to face and Roman, like you said, has mentioned his name like once. But I think another part of it that I didn't really say in the thread that I think is something to consider, too, is that the Usos have their own story with Sammy and with KO. So that match needs a lot of story to get booked, whereas like Cody and Roman done. So it's just like I think you're going to see a lot of like you're going to see Heyman involved a lot. But I think for the most part, maybe solo a little bit, but it's going to be Cody and Roman and Heyman. It's going to be this focal point and solo might be hanging out with the Usos in the Sammy thing. And it's going to separate a little, but there's going to be always the connective tissue because they're the bloodline and like Romans overseeing that. But it's just like, I feel like you're going to see a lot more of that where they might be on the same shows and the Usos might ignore Cody because right now Jimmy has bigger fish to fry and that's figuring out what's going on with his brother while dealing with the, the two Canadians that want to kick his ass. So there's a lot going on right now with the bloodline still, which is really cool. Yeah, I mean, they might as well put that in the shine as well. At least I think it's worthy of the shine. I'm very intrigued by the relationship that Sami Zayn has with Jimmy on, on Friday on SmackDown. 
Because all I could mm-hmm. think about was like, okay, we know Jay's a really important dude. We know he's like a very big piece of the puzzle. But you forget sometimes how big of a piece Jimmy's relationship is with Sammy. And I think they did a masterful job reminding us, you were the one that believed me from the beginning. We were dogs. Like, you yeah. were my dog. And then, then you didn't hesitate at all. And the fact that he laid in with the whole... You know, family doesn't make you prove your loyalty each and every week. And I was like, oof, yikes. You know, and like, again, pulling on the heartstrings a little bit. Like, dude, you fucked me. You fucked me real good. And like, he he didn't even think about it. It was just like, you know, and, and the fact that Jay just stood there and didn't do anything was, again, what a great idea. What a great little piece that I wouldn't even thought of as a fan. But now I'm sitting there going like, eventually he has to pick a side. Eventually something's going to happen and we'll get to WrestleMania and we'll do our thing. But I'm so interested and I'm curious if you have any takes on this, JC, when they have this whole thing where it's like Sammy and KO don't need each other technically for now because they're going to try to do it on their own. And Jay eventually has to pick his brother. And I'm wondering what what you think may end up happening here because I have some thoughts as well. It's tough because obviously we know what the end game is. But it's just like, how do we get there and make it so it's not unsatisfying? Because the Jay-Sammy relationship was so special. Like, that story arc was so special. And the centerpiece of this entire Bloodline thing. So it's just like, for that relationship to deteriorate, like, you have to do it carefully. Because, obviously, like you said, with Jimmy, it was just like a flip. And he was just like, it's just his family, man. I'm loyal. I'm loyal. It is what, like, whatever it is. And same thing we saw with Solo. He hasn't said it, but it was the same thing. It's like, Big Dog told me to fucking kill you? I'm going to kill you. So it just, whereas Jay's like, it's like, how do they make it? And obviously they set it up at uh chamber with the inadvertent hit. So it's like, they can use that a little bit, but that's not enough to make like Jay and Sammy, like turn each other. Like, how do we make this? So it's like a, a hateful rivalry going into mania. And I don't, I don't, I don't have like the correct answer because I really am curious how they're going to pull it off. Obviously I think Friday's a big uh, tent pole with it. Cause Roman Reigns is coming back to address the bloodline and Cody will be lurking obviously, but I still feel like the Cody thing is more of a side thing because they got plenty of time for those two to go at it. And honestly, I think the more apart, the more special it is. So I don't, I don't mind them really slow playing it. Like we just had on, but I think like this Jay Sammy thing, like this is a big week for that mm. leading in because it's like, how do we get to the point of this match being booked? So you got to think about it. We got 33 days. So roughly tomorrow's March 1st. We got four Smackdowns, right? Four Raws. So we got, (coughs) we got eight potential ish in that area, eight potential things to use for checkpoints, right? We don't have to get there right away because we got eight, eight of them. We got nine, five Smackdowns and four Raws. Okay. So we've got some time. We've got plenty of time. So my thought is that what's going to end up happening here is Something's got to have to happen to KO for him to be able to ask Sammy for help, right? Like that's that's that seems like something we can all agree upon is that Sammy has to eventually save KO in some form or fashion so that they can come together, have that giant hug that they should have had at Elimination Chamber. I know they, they're saving it and that's fine. But to me, I feel like KO needs to get his ass handed to him so bad that he needs to come and ask for help. That's important going forward. But for Jay, I look at it like I can't think of the scenario that's going to actually happen for Jay to turn on Sammy. But what I believe will happen 
is that Roman Reigns is going to strong arm Jay into doing it. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's the way to go about it because you got to prove your loyalty one way or the other. And I think the other thing that they have with Jay that they don't really have with Jimmy as much is that Jay is kind of that hothead who, like, we remember. I don't give a shit what the tribal, you know, chief thinks. He just did it. So like, he could just do that about Sammy. He could just turn it on a dime and be like, I don't give a shit what what Sammy says. I, you know, and and we're off to the races. So I think there's a lot of things I'm even looking for very very carefully going forward because i don't think sammy we've already seen sammy try and and fail we've already seen ko fail but ko needs to continue to fail more than sammy does and i would keep sammy almost like the dark knight just like lurking you know what i mean or be like stinging the rafters or something like keep him, just keep him away for a little bit you know or just like punch and run away or something or, or or create some havoc that's what i would love to see sammy do because KO is probably going up against, I think they saw Solo on Monday. Solo on Monday, yep. That's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Yeah, so there's obviously, there's a ton of stuff here at the Bloodline, but I think we covered a lot of that there. So I want to actually move to, you know, some. you speak to about lurking. Someone else is always lurking, especially when it comes to Rhea Ripley, and that is Dominic Mysterio. And there was a segment on Friday, Nessamania. That I really was surprised because I didn't expect it to go this way. Obviously, we knew Rhea and Charlotte were going face-to-face. But in actuality, it was Charlotte and Dom going face-to-face. And this is cool for many reasons because watching, like, Dom and Charlotte play off each other was really cool. I love when you get, like, some of this, like, a man and a woman kind of going forward. But it's also they're, like, the, the second-generation wrestlers and all this stuff, too. But I also – I there were a couple things I really loved in here. I Obviously, I love Dom in general, but I love that – uh the Andrade reference from Charlotte being like the real poppy or whatever. That was, I love a very thick accent. That was very good. So just like everything involved here was a lot of fun because they could have just gone with the standard, like, Oh, Charlotte and Rhea face to face, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, like, like we got nine shows between now and then for that. So I love that they kind of started this feud involving Dom and him kind of being all over the show because obviously he got in with his dad backstage. So it's just it was cool to kind of see them. And I I did like that he said, when mommy wins the title, I'm following her to SmackDown. So that goes kind of a thing too. It was just kind of like setting stuff up. So it does it this I think doing it this way set me up for this match a lot more than if I would have just had the standard, like whatever. Like, because as far as I'm concerned, Charlotte and Rhea, I'm already sold. I saw it once at Mania, it was a banner. Rhea's gotten a lot better since then. Charlotte's obviously like she's still Charlotte, so I have no doubts the match is going to be good. Uh, so it's just like, how do we get there and keep me entertained? And I thought using Dom this week, mwah, it's perfect. I do, I do want to see Dom get his ass kicked by Charlotte, though. Like, oh, I, yeah. I, I mean, that's he's that, getting put that, in the figure four. I would, I mean, up until the lead up, it absolutely has to happen. I, I would, I know it's not going to happen, but I would love to see Charlotte and Ray against Rhea and Dom at some point. <laughs> I doubt it's going to happen, but okay. that's, there, there's money involved. I think just there's money involved with Dom just beating or sorry, getting beaten up by Charlotte along the way. For me, I look at it like that. Like it was just so funny, like just looking at all that stuff, but what I really loved on Monday on raw was that Rhea was like, I didn't have to say a goddamn thing because I'm not scared. I got, I got my business. I got my shot. I'm going to wait, you know? And I think that's great because Charlotte talks an awful lot, a lot sometimes almost to her detriment. Rhea. Queen. Well, I mean, she's not her dad. Her dad can talk anybody in and out of a room, Woo! but 
she does. She she can hold her own in a promo. She's just not her dad. But when I look at it, I think Rhea Ripley is the opposite. She's like a silent killer, and she's doing a good enough job sending out you know her her little chihuahua, you know, and doing whatever, humping people's legs, and then doing whatever. So like, I actually really enjoyed the the Judgment Day's promo that was prepackaged on Monday because it was like, oh, this is like three promos in one. Let's get this over with. And then everybody mm-hmm. said what they had to say. So I think they're they're maximizing their minutes as Judgment Day. I'm, you know, I had a giant eye roll with the Finn challenging edge. We know where that's going. Whatever. Don't really care about that one. But the other, I do, I almost feel bad for, for priest though. Cause I feel like priest deserves a little more. I mean, maybe we'll find something out, but it's, I mean, it seems like it, especially with obviously like it. And we were kind of thinking, I think we were all thinking this way. Anyways, that WrestleMania was going to be a smaller card. Cause they've slowly worked away from like having everyone on the show. Like the last couple of years, like they put some, like the Andre, the giant on SmackDown. I think last year, like the IC was on SmackDown. So I think there's going to be more of that like week of, so it's like smaller card. It's like, obviously Finn is a dance partner. Rhea has a dance partner. We expect Dom to have be dancing with daddy and a daddy, uh, a daddy son dance there. Uh, at WrestleMania and priest does seem like the odd man out, which is unfortunate, but I mean, unless if a theory drops that us title on the way, it sure seems, I mean, we know he's going to be matched up with Cena. We'll talk more about that later when, uh, in boss town next week, but it just, it seems like priest might be the odd man out. Unless if they do some sort of number one contender thing for something, which would be cool. But yeah, it is. It's, it is cool to see the judgment day all to like have like the different like pass, but it is a shame that priest doesn't have one. Anything else uh, that's... Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. We're oh, talking yeah. about White Lightning because fucking, man, <laughs> Brock Lesnar is so fucking good. I don't give a fuck about... any. You know what? We're going to get in this right now because here's the thing, WrestleMania. People have been complaining for years how Brock Lesnar always fights the same fucking people. It's always the same bullshit, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what happens for WrestleMania? He's booked with a new opponent and people still aren't happy. You know why? Because y'all a bunch of fucking crybabies. Brock Lesnar and Omos, you put that shit on a poster, a casual sees that, it's like, oh, Brock Lesnar, who's he fighting? They Google Omos, holy fuck, he's seven feet tall, and you can't teach that. Bada boom, Omos, one of the biggest motherfuckers in the room. Like, here's the thing. it's We know it's not going to be a five-star classic. Are Brock Lesnar's matches ever? God, no. So it's like, send me out there with a five-minute banner with two big men just beating the fuck out of each other. I'm all for it. I'm actually excited for this match. I think it's good. I think we saw MVP's worth on Monday with him kind of like making people like care about this and him uh, doing his bump it for Brock and going head to head with Brock. Like it just, it's, and right now you can tell Brock's having fun. And here's the other thing. People being like, oh, why is this the match? Well, here's the thing that probably happened. They're like, hey, Brock, who do you want to fight at Mania? Here's a list. Pick someone. He was probably, uh, this is probably the list. Omos. Lashley, Bray Wyatt. He probably looked at Bray Wyatt and was like, that shit's fucking weird. I ain't doing that. <laughs> then he's like, Bobby, I just fought Bobby. We can fight him again later. Omas, he a big motherfucker. Give me him. That's probably exactly how it went down. And you know what? I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And it's just, it's, you know, Omas was going to be at WrestleMania because you know why he's a spectacle. Whether people think he's good or not, there is a little small homo sapien. Uh, that's what the uh, fans of Omos call themselves, which I think is fucking <laughs> hilarious. They call themselves homo sapiens. I fucking, I saw that on Twitter. I was like, this is great. But it's just like, it's, I think it's also part of it. Like this whole like outrage about Brock Lesnar fighting Omos at WrestleMania. I think it's a big internet bubble thing too. It's like, get over it, people. Get over it. There's going to be fucking 10 to 12 matches. If you want to take a pee break during a Brock Lesnar match, good for you. But I sure as hell ain't because there's going to be some fucking bodies flying around that ring. 
I mean, it's, we we all know Brock Lesnar does not do ten minute matches. Like we no. know, it. so it's going to be quick and painless. So I tend to agree with you on that aspect of it. I am very nervous though because they did a good job on Monday, or MVP specifically, saying like, "Oh, hey, this is what we're going to sell me the match. Sell me the match." And he did a good good enough job selling the match because you can have your way with any man, but you can't have your way with a giant. Which I tend to agree. What they need to stay clear of for me, which will break. For me, if they do this, I'll be not sold on it. I'll be out. Is the idea of can he get him up? Can he F5 him? If they do that, I'm out. And my reason for that is we've seen him fucking do the big show. We've seen him dump Albert on his fucking head. We've seen him just dump every motherfucker that he can in the F5. And, and very impressively, we know over the years he can fucking do it. So I don't, I don't want to hear can he do it. We know what's going to happen, but that's the moment. We want to see him pick up this person who's probably going to look like a giant tree, you know, limb, and then just pizza his ass all over the goddamn place. And that's what we want. That's the moment. The moment is just fucking flying Omas, pizza style, eight minutes or less, blood curdling, just puberty screams, and then let's just get it over with. You know, primal instinct, Brock Lesnar. Do a little cow and be done. You know, a little. Yeah, and this honestly, this match is a win-win for everyone involved because it's a win for Brock Lesnar because he's going to go out there and he's going to win. He's going to have some fun. It's a huge win for Omos because you're putting him against one of the biggest names in wrestling. They like him and Lashley obviously had the big feud last year, but it's just in the year before that. I think him and AJ were the champions. Yes, that was his debut. That was his debut. So he's had three big WrestleMania matches in a row, but it's just like it's one of those things like Omos is a spectacle. It's the same thing we talk about with Braun all the time. They're different. Because obviously Braun is a much different animal than Omas, but it just it's and that was the other thing. People being like, Oh, if Brock was gonna fight a big guy, why don't they just have it be Braun? If they would have fucking booked that match, y'all would have been bitching about that too, because they've already seen it. So get the fuck out of here. Go become an homo sapien. Because you know what? Life's better when you're an homo sapien. Can I just ask very quickly? Yes. Is it weird for you? It, it's a little odd for me that he's not on my TV. It's it's been and it's it, like, that was interesting about Monday, but I yeah. think that's kind of cool because I kind of like it's the same thing with Cody and Roman. It's like you got 33 days, keep these guys away. And that's why I don't mind. Like, let MVP be the proxy, kind of like Heyman's been for Roman, just like whatever. And then Omas just kind of shows up when he does. But yeah, I mean, we haven't seen a lot of Omas in general. And then obviously he laid out the challenge last week and then wasn't there to accept it. But I think the way they did it this week works because I think like they're probably going to touch before WrestleMania, but when they do, it has to mean something. So, all right. Anything else in the shine? Yeah. I mean, Elias got squashed. That's always shy. We got some jobber alerts here that I got to go off on, but that's that's beside the point. I don't really have anything else besides that. Okay. Let's get heady, baby. (laughs) Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Uh, I don't know where to start, so I'm just going to go rapid fire here a little bit. Just down the line, you tell me if you like it or not, or we can get (laughs) that. Um, I'm... Head scratcher, the Mac and and Sheamus and the Vikings brawl. I I mean, it is what it is. I don't really give a shit. It's just fucking fluff. I don't know. I literally wrote, oh, six man tag on SmackDown, and the Vikings are still attacking Drew and Sheamus. I don't I don't know. It's it's a, it's a little it's a little odd for me. Um, it's a waste. You know, I I'm not. I, this is probably something we can talk about later. I'm gonna skip something else I just saw. Um, Ray versus Cross. We kind of already touched upon it a little bit, but Cross is just. To me, he's stuck. 
He's just stuck, and I don't know how to fix it as a fan. I don't know how to enjoy it as a fan. I can enjoy it, and it's a 32x for me every single time. Every I mean, single he got, time. He got the win, which I guess he needed, but this was all about Dom distracting Ray. That's right. All I, that's all I cared about. But it's like, I get by default, Cross gets a win, but he's I'm looking. He's one of those guys. I'm looking at WrestleMania. I'm like, I don't know. Unless there's a multi-man match that he gets thrown into, like, he doesn't have a feud, so there's not a spot for him, which I guess is fine. Like, but you got to find him a TV feud. But it's just he's one. Of, oh, you're gonna see a lot of these like mid card guys, like aren't gonna have spots at WrestleMania with a smaller card. So, and he's one of those guys that I think is just out of the shuffle until after. It's it's a rough place to be at this time of the year. That's yeah. all we can really agree. A lot on. of people are there though. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, moving on. Uh, I don't understand the Candace and Piper and Nikki lurking thing. I guess that she's lonely. It's a whatever. Piper gets a jobber alert based off of Nikki, which whatever it is, what it is, it's just terrible. Didn't um, Piper just beat someone else in a jobber alert last week? Yeah, it's, they're clearly leading to a Candace Nikki tag team. Which again, Candace don't know why has a tag it. team partner as far as I'm concerned, and she's more impressive than Nikki Cross. Impressive. So. Yeah, I again give, give me Indy every single day. Yeah. Um, moving on. I have bigger things that upset me, but I'm just going to go quickly. Elias, jobber alert, Bobby Lashley. And then, of course, Gargano and Otis. Otis has a jobber alert there as well. That was a that was a rough one. That so because I was like, I was looking forward to it because I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. But it really wasn't it. The, everything about it fell very flat. I have I, I I think for me, when I look at this, I think, OK, everybody knows I'm not a jar. Uh, yeah, I'm not a Johnny Gargano guy. We know that. I like to make a joke of it, but he is a very impressive wrestler inside those ropes and he's a dad. So I will always have respect for certain aspects of his life. And I think his, his wife's amazing, but it doesn't do him any good when he goes into these raws where they're in the middle of nowhere and the crowd just doesn't respond to him. And it's not necessarily his fault. It was also Otis. It was also, I, I you know, I mean, that I crowd loved, sucked in general too. Yeah, so yeah. you expect them to get up for like a D storyline. Like, a- uh, yeah, it's tough. And then of course the male models thing I love, cause I can see, I can see where yeah, we're going to be headed, but it's, it's, it's such a weird mess. Altogether. It wasn't good this week. And it's just, it's, I thought Maxine did well because yeah. the more that they're well, kind yeah, of letting, obviously. well, no, well, yes, yes, that's, she's hot. I agree. She's very hot. That's why I like her. But I thought this week in terms of like her like character and pushing stuff forward, I, I thought individually she did a good job. Like this was the most I felt they let her talk and kind of like take a presence over segments, like really working with Otis and the other two are just kind of background noise. Mm-hmm. But it just everything else about this fell flat. And I mean, yeah, the Gargano pairing, it just wasn't like whatever. And Loomis, I don't care about. And I just I don't know. I think Gargano, the way he's kind of been cut, brought back, it kind of reminds me of like when they finally called up Bailey and they just expected him to be her to be like as over over as she was in NXT and Bailey, like they gave her the title right away. And Bailey, like right when she came up was really, it was really bad. It was really bad. And that's kind of what this Gargano reminds me of. Cause I think they're very similar in terms of like the two biggest baby faces in NXT history. And it's just like, they brought him up to the main roster and they weren't willing to put in the work with the larger audience to like maintain that. They just expected it to happen. And I think that's kind of where we are with Johnny. And I honestly, I don't, I don't think we're going to see much momentum with Johnny until Champa comes back because I feel like those two kind of have to do it together before they can stand alone, if you know what I mean. No, that's a great point. I just feel like Johnny got so hot in NXT, right? And he yeah. did such a great job. But the one thing that I've watched him was, and I get people are saying on, on my Twitter timeline, oh, it's the music. It's weird. It doesn't look like it fits him as well as like he looks lost out there. It's and, like, not, things, just, they it, haven't put in the work. They got to put in the work with him. 
He's a baby it's, face. You got to put in the work with baby faces. And if you don't, this is what happens. It's just tough because, like, you would think that in in a, they presented him in a big fucking way when he came back. But, like, ever since then, it's just like, okay. Yeah. I think whatever. people like him, but it's uh, one of those things. It's like we just talked about with Cross. There's no direction for Gargano right now except for these little TV feuds, which that's fine. Like, we know Maximum Male Models is a TV feud, so he's involved in that. But it's just like until he has something a little more meaningful, and that's why I say again with Champa, that feels like it'll be more meaningful when they unite or go against or whatever that storyline's going to be. That's why I was excited for Gargano and Miz because it felt like it was meaningful, but it's kind of like moved on, and now we know the Miz is doing his own thing. But it just it's it's again, it's mid-card guys to just lost in the shuffle during WrestleMania season, and this is what you're going to get. You're going to get bad segments when you don't put in the work. So you kind of hit something that I want to talk about. I don't know if you feel good, bad, or different about it, but since we didn't talk about it in The Shine, I feel like we should at least bring it up. The Miz is going to be the host of WrestleMania nights one and two. Now, before we get into whether it was positive or negative, I think we both agree when The Miz gets handed something, he just makes it work, 100%. right? So I think we all agree that it will be good. It might even be great. There might be a moment in there that will absolutely stand the test of time, and he might make a WrestleMania moment that we just didn't see coming. There's a potential for that. Yeah. But I think we all are in agreement here. The Miz works hard 365, and this seems like a weird place for him to be. Yeah, it's tough because there isn't an obvious thing for him to do. And that's why originally I thought if we had a bigger card, I thought like him and Maurice taking on Johnny and Candice was something – like lower down that could be like of interest to people and it would probably be like a fun little six minute bullshit, but that obviously isn't happening. And so at least like with him, it's like hosting WrestleMania, he's going to be involved in a lot of different things. And I also think he is a big important piece as we saw on Monday of the Seth Logan Paul story. And I expect that to continue into WrestleMania and probably him to play a factor of some kind before during or after that match because he's obviously very connected to logan paul and he's connected to seth rollins so i do think that's kind of like where we get the pinnacle of him at wrestlemania but yeah i mean it's a positive in the fact that the miz is a guy who another one of these mid-card guys who could be lost in the shuffle but instead they're giving him something that's in hollywood he's going to be all over the place for it but for the most part the hosts are a waste maybe they have like one decent segment but for the most part they're an absolute waste so that's kind of the downside would I much rather him have a meaningful match? Yes. But if I he wasn't going to have a match and he has to be host, then at least he's there. I mean, let's just think about what he's done, right? Like, he's done the, the Shane McMahon match, which arguably we thought was one of those ones we didn't expect to be any good. And it, it was really good. No, it was really good. He had the Bad Bunny match. That was really, really fucking good. good. You know what I mean? I mean, last year, I can't remember specifically what he did, but... Oh, it was, no, it was the Mysterio. Yeah. Mysterio. Yeah. So, I mean, again, he's... He does things better than most people. So it's just, I know he's going to be fine, but I was a little bummed out. But they didn't have something for a guy. Cause when I you yeah. look at, when you're looking at WrestleMania, he's a guy that you want something for. And yeah. maybe he and WWE feels like him hosting it is a big deal. I mean, they did it one year with the new day, obviously when the Hardys came back. Uh, so it's just like, they've, they've done it with other like top like groups at the time or whatever, but it does, it is, it does, it is a little lame because I think Miz and McAfee could have been something that would be fun or something like that. But I guess like if it's not set up or whatever, then I, it's not a thing. And with the smaller card, like even if they had like a six man like match of some kind and they threw him in it, I feel like they'll get a lot more legs out of the Miz being Miz as a host anyways. So I think he's going to probably make this thing and we'll probably enjoy it. I think the celebrity influence in Hollywood will definitely make I, he has to he has to be the guy. I mean that 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 I understand. That I understand very much. But it's just it just 
it just nails on a chalkboard for me when I hear host of anything in WrestleMania. It just feels like because it, feel, it feels like it was a waste of time. Like yeah, like well, it was like when they announced Hulk Hogan with it. It's like oh fuck that. I don't want to yeah. see that at all. That racist piece of shit. But. <laughs> At least with the Miz, it's like we might get a few entertaining seconds. Yeah, and you just assume there's a Miz TV somewhere. But it's just it, it it's just difficult because, like we said, the man works harder than everybody else. But yeah, it, he he might be doing whatever. Um, moving on to something else that I thought, at least for me, we haven't talked about, and I think is definitely heat worthy. To me, the main event of Monday Night Raw with the women's tag titles on the line was a complete shit show. Now, granted. I'm glad Damage Control doesn't have those titles anymore. I'm glad yeah. that Lita, well, more I'm more excited for Becky than I am Lita, but it was like thank God. Like now we can go somewhere else with this because to me it's it's been a clusterfuck since the beginning and it's just it's my face wanted to melt and then of course like again, I'm looking at things others aren't looking at and that's fine, but when Trish Stratus came down and I saw the pyro set up behind her, I'm like, well, I know what fucking is happening anyway. Now, like there could have been a distant like they could have just put the pyro behind her and then when she came out, you didn't see it, and then she came down and then they put it out, but they didn't do that and I'm just like little things like that piss me off from production standpoints. And then they won and it was like they won. Good night, copyright and we get route. And it was just like there was a really cool video. I don't know if you saw it on the digital exclusive where Becky ran down the, the aisle way and Seth came out for a dark match and they jumped and hugged and yeah. did the song. And like, that would have been cool to end with. You know what I mean? Like that would have been awesome for him to celebrate with his wife and his friends, but it's just, I'm glad damage control did what they did, whatever we're done with it. Supposedly we'll see, but it, it, it just feels like there's like, to me, Lita looked like shit. Yeah. I mean, it, she's last she's couple not, times. She hasn't looked good. I mean, Becky pulled out a great match with her in Saudi Arabia, which, again, we didn't understand why that happened, but it was amazing. They did a great job. But when I watched this match, I went, she's not one step. She's like four steps behind. She's slow. She just doesn't have the oomph that you need to be an oomphing on TV. And again, I want her to succeed, but also she has a track record of hurting herself, being reckless, and hurting others. And it's just like, what are we doing here? And hopefully it ends at Mania. We get it to Shayna and Ronda, well, and then we're fine. So that's my whole thing here with this is because it's like, again, like I'm with you. I'm glad that Damage Control lost it. But for me, it they lost it to the Ron team because I feel like Ronda and Shayna just winning the titles and then Becky and Lita chasing is more money than Ronda and Shayna chasing. Again, I know why they probably did it because Lita's probably done after Mania where Ronda and Shayna will probably hold those things forever even if Ronda isn't there. Uh, they'll find ways to do it. And um, also on SmackDown, like we'll talk to it about it in a little bit. Like there's, they're going to probably pile up some wins for Ronda and Shane as a tag team too, which is always nice when you're building contenders. But the other thing that I thought was weird is just like, obviously this Trish thing was probably supposed to happen in Canada and it didn't for whatever reason. Um, so they just did it here, but it's just like with her coming back, it would be very obvious that it would set up a six woman tag at mania, but that doesn't really make sense when the women's tag titles are involved and you also have Ronda and Shayna, who we are pretty certain are going to be in a women's tag title match at WrestleMania. So what does that mean for damage control more specifically Bailey? And also it just like, what, what what's the point of the Trish thing? If you're not in Canada and doing it and having her help her best friend, Lita win the title with Becky, but it's, if you're not paying it off with a match, just it's, it's, I have a lot of questions about it. And I mean, if they do, if they do Trish Bailey one-on-one -on -one at mania. I just have, it's cool for Bailey. Good, good. Yeah, but it Bailey. doesn't mean we anything love Trish, for us. But like, yeah, it just it's so it's 
it was weird to me because could you have sold me on Becky Trish and Lita versus Damage Control WrestleMania? Sure. I wouldn't care about it, but it would make sense. It was something that would make sense of being on WrestleMania. It would be cool to see, whatever. But now that Becky and Lita are the tag champs, it clearly has to involve Ronda and Shayna. And it's like, well, what does it mean for Bailey and Trish? So it's just, I have a lot more questions than answers after this. Again, it's nice that, that we have the titles defended and new champions and they're on people that are going to be on TV every week because Becky's always on TV, which is nice. And then, but it just, I have, I have a lot of questions and I'm very uncertain, which I mean, I guess isn't the worst thing because that means there's reasons to watch. But at the same time, it's just like you said, that match was fucking terrible. It was just, it was literally the drizzling shits. It just didn't make oh. any sense. And again, it's exciting and whatever. And it's a cool moment, but was it though? I don't know. I just, you know, the more and more you see this, the more you're like, man, Mercedes was right. Like, I mean, there's, there's nothing else to say about it except like, Jesus Christ, what are we doing here? You know, and there's no tag teams anymore. Like it really doesn't no, seem like there is. It just it's like they, they do these things where they manufacture some, but it just and Ronda and Shayna makes sense. It's just the problem is the problem is gonna be when they do win them after Mania. It's like, are you gonna like yes, Ronda's gonna be on pay-per-views and stuff, which is good, but it's like, are you gonna be able to build competent tag teams? And you know, they're maybe that's what they're working with with Candace and Nikki Cross. They see them as a very likable tag team, and down the road would be a good opponent, like and things like that. Obviously, Natalia has a new partner every week, um, so that is always a thing. But it just it's yeah, it's it's very murky, very murky. <sighs> Moving on to other things, let's make sure I didn't miss anything here. If I missed something, I apologize. Um, let's see, let's see. The Muscle Man Dance. You haven't brought it oh, up that's right. There we yeah. go. So Friday. On SmackDown, we had a Firefly Funhouse, which eh. I had no idea what was going on. I'll be honest. So the detective hat, even though I have I have the ship has sailed for Nestlemania when it comes to Bray Wyatt, which is sad because it was my favorite thing to dissect. Uh, I was like, ooh, Firefly Funhouse, let's go. And then I'm like, okay, I'm still gonna do the detective work, I'm still gonna go down the rabbit hole. But I found myself going, you know what the fuck is this for? Because to me, the whole point of Firefly Funhouse was that we we're getting the fiend. And I, you know, he did say in that interview, not in character. He said in an interview, like the fiend died that day in Tampa. He ain't coming back. Someone else can wear the mask. I'm not doing it, which to me is a fucking cop out. Cause to me, the, the fiend was probably a fucking money printing factory, but that's beside the point. And again, it might be a mental thing. It might be a personal thing and that's his choice, whatever. But it, it as a fan, it fucking pisses me off. Then we get to Monday and we do the muscle man dance, which I did love. It works with Lashley. It does. But the thing was, and someone made a great point because it it was literally a thought coming right out of my brain was they literally just copy and pasted whatever he did last time and then just superimposed (laughs) Lashley on top of things. And it just showed no effort. And it was like, that to me is the most bizarre thing going about it was like, Lashley's trying to be, you know, don't have my name in my mouth. Don't disrespect me. And then he fucking walks down the aisle and it's like, and the muscle man dance and the muscle man dance. And it's just like, he didn't even fucking say his name. It just, it just, just happened above him. Like you know his mean? name out of his mouth. Like right, he asked. Right. Exactly. It's just like, I just, I feel like sometimes people are lazy and I'm not blaming Bray Wyatt or I'm not, I'm not blaming Lashley here. I'm blaming the people that are making these decisions that's lazy because like there is no real connective tissue to them whatsoever like he said i'm gonna pick bobby or i'm gonna pick brock well, i'm gonna pick why? the winner and bobby why but one. why yeah, just, but that's why uh, yeah and that's that's the big thing is like and i think that's why people 
it's the same kind of reason people are frustrated with Brock and Omos. Like a, another part of it, not the main part of them, just not like you know Omos. But the other part is just like it just kind of like happened. And like, what's the like Omos just challenges them, or Bray just uh, randomly says on one Friday, "I'm taking the winner." Like, so it just. But again, it's it's one of those things. It's like the bloodline story. Like that's that's one in a million. And like other ones, like for some of these to fill out the card, because a lot of the times when we're talking about lead up to pay per views, there's like storylines pay off at all different times. But the challenge with WrestleMania is you have to have all these storylines with all your major characters pay off on one night, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So it's a challenge. So a lot of times, like these other these feuds with like guys that have to be on the card, like those four, like Brock, Omos, Bobby, and Bray, it's like. Sometimes they just kind of happen. Like every year you look back, you can look back and be like, oh yeah, that one just kind of happened. That just kind of happened. Maybe sometimes they turn out to be good. Sometimes they don't. But but yeah, this one, like, I mean, it's it's weird. I will say the positive for me is Bobby's not a guy that Bray's really ever feuded with. So at least it's something different. And it's a different thing for Lashley to react. And especially when he's all serious, Lashley, like Bla- Bray being goofy with him. Like it's more interesting to me than fucking creepy shit. Um, but again... This isn't going to be at the top of my list in terms of like uh, excitement factor. But I'm, I'm I'm sitting there thinking to myself, if you give me an hour, I could probably predict the next, you know, nine episodes of television or try to give you something that's compelling. But the whole point is you need a jump off point. You need to be able to look at this and go, okay, maybe the fact that they're using the almighty, right? Like you can make him godlike, or you can make him some type of statuesque monster there are connective things you can do with bray wyatt here you know what i mean like you could have bray wyatt you know in the firefly funhouse chiseling something out of granite you know what i mean like you can you can find different things to do here to make us go oh yeah that's easy but this like like and this is this is where i'm tiresome tiresome with this whole thing the Firefly Funhouse is like ADD TV. It really is. And we understand that there's meaning behind certain things. And sometimes there's not meaning behind other things. But when they showed the Undertaker dolls going together, my first instinct went back to 94 with the Undertaker versus Undertaker, Faker Taker versus the Undertaker at SummerSlam. And I went, okay, so we're going to get Howdy versus Bray Wyatt at some point because that's what that we're going to get, whether it's Mania or not. I don't fucking know. But that's where my head went. And of course, the Alexa Bliss box is there. So it's like, yes. that's the question mark that we're like, okay, this is kind of cool, I guess. But it's just, there's so many things about Bobby Lashley that are cool and awesome. Like that Bray Wyatt can clearly make fun of or or really exploit, I think, too. And I, they, I just, I know we got nine shows before we get to WrestleMania, but we all know that Friday Night SmackDown before Mania is a fucking throwaway. It's well, the, no, I mean, it's not. It's not a throwaway, but it's going to be like that's when the giant. It's highlight package. Gonna, yeah. Well, it's highlight package, and then like a three like matches that aren't good, aren't like don't have time for WrestleMania. Right. Essentially. So I just feel like okay, let's say it's eight, right? And we're probably not going to deal with anything on SmackDown, right? We think they're probably going to be raw heavy because there's more and time. For I think we're going to get a lot of Bray solo shit on SmackDown, and then you're going to get interaction with Bobby on. Right? Just I don't know. It's again, I'm not super excited for it. I'm glad that Lashley has a big name because I think he deserves it, and I like Bobby Lashley a lot. Um, and I think this is a new challenge for him. Um, but just like the Bray thing, it's one. It's you kind of said how you're kind of like it's not the same for you anymore, and I think that's true for like most people. But for me, as someone who like. I enjoyed Bray, but again, like I know once the bell rings, I'm not going to give a fuck about this because as we've talked about, just it's not, he's not exciting in the rain. So it's just, if his lead up isn't super fun, then 
how do I feel about Bray right now? I just don't really feel anything, which isn't great. <sighs> anything else? Nope. Let's get hopeful. Let's get hopeful. Glorious. Ooh. You're my only hope in Nestlemania. I'm going to go to AEW. It's a big week for them. What? With their shitty fucking card. But uh, there's also a bunch of other things going on. Because, uh, you know, if you like to read, like, the the dirty the dirty web. It's getting dirty. Uh, there's a lot of free agents coming up in AEW. As there are going to be every year. till the end of time, there's going to be free agents in AEW. There's going to be free agents in WWE. But there's one name in particular who has never made the jump to the E. Who I would like to hope will make the jump to the WWE. In WrestleMania. I'm talking about Kenny Omega. As you know, I'm a Kenny Omega hater a lot. I respect the hell of him. I think he's an amazing wrestler. I think he's really good. But with my expectations being uh, so high for him sometimes, uh, you know, they fall short. I just knocked everything over. Uh, he upsets so, you so much. Yeah, but it's just it's it's one of those things. It's like I think he is one of the better performers of. Uh, at least this generation, and maybe like can put him in a pantheon. But until I see him in the big leagues, I don't know. And I AJ Styles did he came in, proved it right away. Boom, like top guy all time. Like it just like it it fits. And I think Omega, if he got the opportunity, would do the same thing. Uh, so my hope mainly is that he goes to WWE, and maybe now's the time because looking at him in AW, man, it's just like fucking i don't give a shit about trios championships. They barely use them. He's like a side piece. It's like it's one of those things. It's like. And then I'm looking at the trajectory of the world title. It's like, is Omega going to get that thing back? Unless if there's like injuries, it's like, because it feels like after MJF, there's like a line uh, with between Adam Cole and if they want to do it with Ricky Starks or and just like Heyman and Moxley feel a lot closer than Omega. It just, it's Ward low down the line. Just like, it feels like there's so many more guys that like would get it. And Omega is just like, it's either going to be like, oh, random like matches, whatever. And then, oh, trios championships. I don't give a fuck about that. So but uh, what we saw in like Japan at Wrestle Kingdom, I'm like, is how fucking good he is as a singles wrestler. And there's so many dream matches he's never had that are with guys that are contracted by WWE that I'd like to see before he's done. I will say he did do an interview about it and stuff. And the one thing that kind of, I don't know, maybe you could look at it as positive or negative, is he said he's at the point of his career where he just really wants to work with younger talent and like leave his mark on like younger talent to the next generation to kind of pass on what he's done because he feels like he's done a lot of it. But I'm like, I'm like, I think you can do that anywhere, but I'm like, man, I just, I want to see it. I want to see you get a chance in WWE, especially under Triple H. I, I think him seeing how Cody's been treated since he's been there should be a good side for him that like you come in here as like the top free agent in wrestling. Like you're going to be traded as a big fucking deal. Like, I don't think you're going to win the rumble your first year or whatever, but who knows? It's like AJ was the same way. He was treated like a big deal. The minute he got to WWE and I think Omega would get the same treatment and I want to see it. I want to see these dream matches again. He's not my favorite guy of all time or whatever, but it's just something we haven't seen that I'd like to see. And I don't really want to see him just wrestle trio matches for the rest of his career, because I think that's a waste. So hashtag JC knows hashtag JC hopes come true. Kenny Omega in WWE. Well, that's hopeful. That's yeah. definitely the name of the, the gimmick. Very, it's very hopeful. The name of the segment. Uh, my hope is very specific to AW slash WWE as well. From a different standpoint, if you will, if you will, uh, my thing here is, well, Dom's doing great with Rhea. However, let's be honest here. Rhea Ripley's going to beat uh, Charlotte at Mania. She's going to go on to be awesome and she's going to continue to be awesome. And eventually she's going to become what we normally know when the heels get hot, 
the heels get you know some crowd participation behind them, they end up becoming baby faces. So that's going to be a point at which, you know, maybe four or five, six months down the line from now, Rhea's going to become a baby face, break out and be this amazing person that we all know she's going to be, which means Dom and her are going to break up. Now, Dom doesn't necessarily need anybody because he's doing just fine on his own. But I did see an interesting bit of news in AEW, and that was that in about six months from now, there is a particular person in AEW that will be freed up. And that one person is Vicky Guerrero. And the idea, just the idea of Vicky Guerrero's nuclear, excuse me, heat, coupled with her real son, Dom, the ex-con, could be, to me, some of the most entertaining stuff we could see in general. I'm not talking about romance or some weird stepmom stuff, but, like, just... I'm just saying. You don't want Vicky caught in a dryer? No. <laughs> no, I don't want Vicky caught in a dryer or Dom in a closet or whatever. I don't want any of that nonsense. <laughs> whatever. But you can book your fantasy porn somewhere else. No, not with Vicky Graham. But I'm just saying having her interjected with Dom saying it works. You know, it works. Yeah. And it's just so – when I was thinking about it, I saw it and I went, it would be a fucking miss and a half to me if they just – like. Dom doesn't need it, but like the both of them would be just on a different level of nuclear heat. And that's why I'm hopeful that they at least entertain the idea because honestly, folks, it's just going to work. I, I I can't not seeing it work. It just, it just seems like a fucking layup. So hashtag Nestle knows hashtag Nestle's hopes come true. Hashtag Latino heat. There you go. What? You don't like that? I mean, I like it, but the the hashtags are all fake news, and those aren't real things. Uh, Hashtag Latino heat is a real thing. Yeah, but the two before that, those are irrelevant and erroneous and (laughs) not real things. But don't call it a comeback. She's been here for years. Well, kind of not really, but uh, if you kind of put her time together, then yeah, she has. Tegan Knox is getting my comeback. Shiniest wizard, absolute stud. Uh, One of the most underrated women on the uh, main roster. Who doesn't get any love? Uh, she accompanied and saved Natalia from Rousey this week uh, when she saw her banged up in the trainer's room. Tegan's a good, a good person. And she's like, you know what? I don't like this bully shit by fucking dickhead Rhonda and dickhead Shayna. So I'm going to stick up for Natalia because she needs some backup. And they did it. And uh, the reason why this is my comeback is because fucking Rhonda misses a lot. But when Rhonda fucking hits, she fucking hits in like fucking the biggest moonshots in the world. When she called fucking Tegan Knox Skittles, I fucking pissed myself. I thought that was like, that is so fucking good. Because it's like, it's, it's an insult that like if other people said it, like randomly, if Charlotte said it, it wouldn't be the same. But just the way Rhonda says things and the way Rhonda acts, when she says, I don't know who you are, Skittles, I fucking pissed myself. Like that was so good. Oh, I just, and they're having a match this week on SmackDown, obviously, uh, just to prop up Ronda and Shayna. But I mean, it's just, like I said, when Ronda hits, man, she really does fucking hit those moonshots. And <laughs> Colin Tegan knocks Skittles. It's just fucking perfect. It's perfect. So, Tegan, you get my comeback with an assist from uh, Ronda calling you Skittles. I, I can't defend that because I think, as you saw on Twitter, I was not happy with this entire thing because honestly, it was like, here she is, Natty doing her thing. Tegan Knox sticking her nose in the business she don't belong in. No, she's giving like, her backup. She's so, a good person. Well, it's like it's like Natty's exhausted, exhausted every other option here, and then it's just she gets out there, and this is the part that I think I tweeted about it, but I think it bears repeating, folks, is that 
So she was out there for backup. Yet, what was the finish of the match? Ronda Rousey distracted and did something to Natty. Where the fuck was Tegan Knox during the fucking finish? It don't matter after the fucking the rainbow, baby. It's, oh my god! Like you can't, you can't tell me. You cannot fucking tell me that that made sense. It didn't. It didn't make sense. I refute that it does. And I will tell you right now, folks, it made her look fucking dumb. And I will never ever like Tegan Knox because honestly, you already didn't like Tegan Knox. No, 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 no. And you hate British wrestlers. No, that's not true at all. all. That's not and then true. You don't all. like Tegan because she does a better shining wizard than you. That's not true. First off, I've never even attempted a shining wizard. You're, I, you're not the shiniest wizard. I'm not the shiniest wizard, but we're not lady King. But it doesn't matter. Does anybody want to be anywhere remotely close to Kane at these days? Not anymore, I, not but it was anymore. cool. It was yeah, cool for, like five years ago. Yeah, yeah. What have you done for me lately? Hey, he's a mayor. Yeah, exactly. Great. Wonderful. Stay off my lawn. The other thing I'm going to say here is it just made her look stupid. Of course, anything associated with Natty, unfortunately, just might as well be in the fucking trash can the minute it's fucking on TV. I don't know. So I just think that was a that was a terrible hope out of you. I think it's a fucking hope. It was a comeback. Little, first comeback, whatever. I'm and it's tired. Away, it's mania season. And she got herself on TV. Oh my she gets God. to have a match with Ronda and Shayna. I mean, it's, it serves a purpose. They're feeding Natalia and Tegan. To, so the fucking, the Pac-Men of Ronda and Shayna can wow, get bigger wow, 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 wow. and more powerful as they head to WrestleMania to fucking chop, chop, chop on Lita. All and right. Ray. All right. All right. All right. Let's move Who's on. Who's your comeback? My comeback goes to, yeah, L.A. Knight. Whose game is it, folks? Because I, I, I burst out laughing when he called him the Nerd Day. I just... <laughs> That was I really just, good. I Between just thought, Skittles and the Nerd Day with two great one-liners on SmackDown. I thought that was wonderful, but I was excited to see where he was going to go after the fucking uh, neon fucking lightsaber gimmick match. And now, like, he came back like it didn't even fucking, like, that scorched earth didn't fucking matter. Came out looking better like a phoenix rising. He just, he came out swinging. My favorite part of that entire thing was that he was saying, hey, nah, 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 nah. It ain't going to be a mania moment. I'm going to give WrestleMania an LA night moment. I went, this fucking guy. I, I could not believe, like, this guy could be given the worst gimmick in the world. He was, and he came, like, there's nothing this guy can't do. I, I am I am convinced this guy is untouchable. You give him a microphone, he can make chicken salad out of chicken shit. Like, it is unbelievable what this guy can do. And I, like, I, yes, I know he's very good on the microphone, but seriously, what the fuck? Like, there, this guy has no business being this good. So for me... That was a that was a giant comeback for me. And honestly, if it's gonna be LA Knight versus McAfee, I'm fine with it. Sign me up. Yeah, I'm curious how we get there. If that's just gonna be like an impromptu thing where if LA Knight comes out during WrestleMania, he's like, Yeah, yeah, and then all of a sudden McAfee's music hits and we have a little thing. Um, I think that's probably the most likely. But WrestleMania, that brings us to the big old finish. And we're gonna hit quickly on uh SmackDown and Raw because we have to uh Cause a fucking revolution bullshit at some point. Yeah. But on SmackDown, Roman Reigns returns to confront Jay. Cody Rhodes will be lurking. We also have a singles match between Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. That'll probably be a banner. And then the before-mentioned tag team match between Natalia and Tegan Knox taking on Ronda and Shayna. I mean, I care about the bloodline. That's pretty much it. I care about Ripley and Liv. I'm All sure right. that'll be a great match. Just like Asuka and Mela, that was a great match too. We didn't even yeah. talk about it, but like... There are great matches happening, but unfortunately, because of the Nella season, and Chelsea get, Green talking. Yeah, we speed. didn't even talk about. Yeah, like, I like that too. There's so many things that are just like kind of lost in the shuffle because of so many things going on. They're like little, they're little things to leave that like post WrestleMania are gonna. Yeah, matter, but it's just like yeah, that's what I'm looking for because I talk about these people being left off the card. That doesn't mean they can't have meaningful weeks in the next nine episodes. It's just it's they're not. 
their direction is a little more, it's a little more of a slow build. Uh, mm-hmm. But also we go to Raw and SMA, and they also booked a lot. It is in Bosstown, baby. John Cena will be returning. Theory will be waiting for him. We have, as you mentioned, Carmella. She will be wrestling Bianca Belair this week. We have a Seth and Logan Paul face-to-face. We have Kevin Owens taking on Solo Sokoa. And we have Johnny Gargano versus Finn Balor in the Wrestle Boner of the Week. I mean, it's stacked. It's like it's night and day. I mean, I'm obviously we know Boston is a fucking wrestling town, so clearly they're not going to make sure that they are heavy on the wrestling and heavy on the entertainment. Uh, I'm curious to see how Logan Paul and Seth Rollins happen because I think that's going to be fun. Uh, obviously, Logan Paul's going to get booed so loud. Oh yeah, because he doesn't really know how to handle it. But Seth's going to be out there. Sing- it's going to be that it's atmosphere is going to be good. I wish the fucking Celtics didn't play. Yeah, and uh, you know, just all the other stuff you mentioned. I mean, Cena. You kind of take Cena for granted. Oh, and, they're just going to blow off, man. But they are going to – I mean, it's he's either got to start the show, he which I – think, right? Or it's got to be like, you know, the 9 or 10 o'clock hour. He ain't in the, he ain't in the program, is he? I don't, I don't think know. so. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So I, I'm excited to see Cena, and I'm excited to see the, the Rollins-Logan uh, stuff specifically. But, of course, Gargano and Finn, we, you know, is going to deliver. I just hope it's not going to be a fucking – one or two segments, give them three segments to wrestle, you know? Oh yeah, but, they will. They will. That, that's yeah. going to, that's going to be a big chunk of the show. I would think, but Nestlemania that gets us through the WWE talk. We go to AEW. We got a piss through Wednesday here before we get to our revolution uh, predictions, but it feels like some of the matches that would normally be part of a 1500 match pay-per-view card are on Wednesday. So first up we have uh, this one this is the doozy. Chris Jericho taking on Peter Avalon. Well, he already lost to a jobber, so clearly Chris Jericho. <laughs> yeah, I just want to waste. We have Casino Tag Team Battle Royal number two. I just don't. I don't even care. Um, we have Tony Storm taking on Riho. We have Orange Doily Cassidy cover. versus Big Bill in the All-Atlantic Championship match. Well, Orange Cassidy is the saving grace of AEW. He's Every so time crazy. he's on the television, it's just like, Jesus Christ, this guy This guy should not be in AEW. He should be in WWE. He's just yeah, that magnetic. He brings something to AEW that they desperately need. Oh, I know, but I'm just saying, like, He's so good in AW, he'd be even better in WWE. He would. 100% agree. Uh, speaking of uh, could possibly be better in WWE, Hook is defending his FTW title in WrestleMania against Bowlegged Matt Hardy. Thanks for coming, Matt Hardy. I mean, you know. I think this is going to set up a match between Hook and Ethan Page, maybe at the pay-per-view, maybe the buy-in show. I feel like that's where this is headed because I feel like that's the bigger thing here, and Ethan Page probably deserves something. Um, but then we also have the face of the Revolution ladder match. It's a number one contender match for that TNT uh, championship, and people are in it. You know what bothers me? Yes. Okay. No, I don't. Tell me. Can, do you know the murderous row in this in this entire fucking do you know the participants? I looked and I laughed and I don't even, I don't remember. I'm Lance okay. Archer. So we know that Action Andretti is in there. That Sammy guy is Gamara. a, he's a, he's a, not Sammy. Did you watch Action. their match on Rampage? I did not. Sammy and Action Andretti put on a fucking banner. It's probably my second favorite match of the week after Cody and. Uh, Unfortunately, Cody. Action is. He's, he's really a, good in the ring. They'll, he's they'll, a they'll, they'll figure it out. Back you. They'll figure it out. He's, but here's the thing. Here's so the thing. He has so many heal tendencies oh he's not a baby face that's the problem there's your money someday yeah but he needs he he he's not gonna succeed as a baby face right now he needs to be a heel that's it but the other thing prospect sure and that's fine that's fine but he's a heel you you, there are just some people who are made to be a heel action andretti is a heel that's it that's it i I, i'm putting my flag in the match your boy your favorite person in the entire world i have a lot of takeshita oh great 
He'll he's going to win. win. He's going to win. He'll get a 15th title shot. Absolutely. You know. No, but here's the other thing, too. That Who else is actually in it that can win? Like, I don't know. You're you're the one doing this thing. I just had it written down. Face of the Revolution. Oh, Ladder, Matt. I oh God like damn it. it. Now I got to go look it up. Uh, it looks listen. like a bunch of fucking jobbers. I mean, it was weird. But the other thing that makes me very upset is the fact that they just don't. They don't bother doing anything. Like, why does giant the giant, the, the Sonic Golden Ring for a fucking second tier championship? Why not get the fucking world title if you're going to go through a ladder match? We've got, let's see, Ortiz, Action Andretti, Sammy, Hobbs, AR Fox, Eddie Kingston, uh, a masked wrestler. I can't tell who it is from this picture, unfortunately, and Takeshita. So, oh my God. I mean, this one seems like I hope Eddie wins. I hope. Uh, well, so I think the way you got to look at this for the TNT title, if you think Wardlow is going to win or if you think some Jamoa Joe is going to win, it's. No, it's got to be. I mean, Takeshita has to win, right? It's either no. Takeshita you know what? or Eddie. No, no, you didn't, you didn't see it. Powerhouse Hobbs is going to win that. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. He, I... he hasn't got like a uh, singles match for it. That's it. I think, I think Powerhouse Hobbs wins it. That's my prediction. The, for personal doesn't matter. We're going to go to the actual revolution now. There's only seven matches as of now if Morgan added. Well, too bad. So sad. First up, we have the Nestlemania main event, six-man tag team match for the AEW World Series Championship. Christ. The Elite, Waste of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, defend against the House of Black. Give me the Elite because, honestly, uh, they just got him back, so why would they lose him? Same. Give me the Elite. Uh, three-way match for the AEW Women's World Championship. Jamie Hayter defends against Soraya, who doesn't deserve a shot, and Ruby Soho, who doesn't deserve a shot. Give me Jamie Hayter. I feel like I should pick Soraya, but I know better. I should definitely just pick. I'd be mad if Jamie lost the title. It's the only thing I care about Revolution is do not take the title off of the best wrestler on your roster. Don't I feel it. like I feel like we so have to. sucks right now. Her heel turn sucked. Her and Tony Storm as a duo suck. They're doing nothing good. What a fucking awful flop of a signing that's been so far. I mean, I I can't. I, I'm not surprised to be honest with you because honestly, she just she's been gone for so long. Well, no, I think the other thing is AEW is not good at booking women, and they just got so lucky that Britt Baker became larger than life, and Jamie Hayter kind of elevated herself off of that and proved she's awesome and can kind of do it. But besides that, everyone else kind of stinks, and it's not their fault. It's just AEW, Tony Khan. They're just not great at booking women's feuds and matches. Uh, we have uh, the first of three reruns in a row here. We have a singles match where the Jericho Appreciation Study are banned from ringside. By the way, where the fuck's Santa J on my TV? Tony, put her back on. Chris Jericho takes on Ricky Starks. Give me Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks. But there is a question here I'd like to pro pro propose. I can't talk. I'm too late. Do you think Action Andretti turns heel here and helps and becomes part? Because he's technically not part of the JAS, but then becomes part of the JAS after the fact. The that would JAS, take too much logic, though. There's so many members in the JSS, and like I'd like, I kind of like that Sammy and uh, uh, Garcia are the centerpiece right now because they're so fucking entertaining, and I'd like them both uh, on my TV. That I just feel like adding another young person to the stable, it just it's too much. So no, I think I think there'll be some bullshit where they try to get involved in action during mix. There's gonna be fucking good guy, I'm sure. But All right, I'm picking starts. Jericho. I'm just gonna pick Jericho. Wow, yep. look at yep. that. Yep, I'm. I'm gonna. I, I mean, at this point, we're late in the game in the old season here, wire to wire. I need to be a little bit more bold. I like it. Well, we'll see how bold you are in the next match because we have rerun number two singles match for the AEW TNT. It's not Dynamite Championship. Samoa Joe defends against Wardlow WrestleMania. So in theory, you would think because he cut off his ponytail that Wardlow would win here, but yes. Samoa Joe just got it back. So I'm gonna pick Samoa Joe because that seems logical because the king of television, although pay-per-view is not television. I was going to say, this isn't television. So This uh, is war! 
Come on, pick Wardlow, bitch. Let's go. I'm picking Wardlow. All I'm right. never not picking Wardlow. This is a this is a slam dunk. This is getting that thing on Wardlow. Sets up him and Powerhouse Hobbs. Power, power, powerhouse. It's my combo pick. There you go. Boom. Uh, Samoa Joe literally, I don't know why they did the Darby Allen title reign. Maybe Samoa Joe wanted a couple weeks off. I don't fucking know, but that was weird. Uh, they just put it back just on. Just don't put them on TV. It just, it just uh, don't get me started. Uh, and then I just clicked off the page, but I know we have rerun number three here because it's a Texas death match. There's going to be a lot of fucking blading. John Max against Adam Panman Page. I mean, I feel like Hayman's got to win. I feel like Moxley just can't lose a bunch of fucking matches, though. I don't know. I'm picking Hayman, but I just, I don't give a fuck about this match. I mean, he lost, who lost the last one? I don't even know. I think Moxley won them both, didn't he? No, he won. No, he he knocked out Moxley, and then think, then I think Moxley beat him again. There's a Texas Death Match though. Yeah, he didn't so it's, it's, it's 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 a Texas Death Match. Hangman's the Cowboy, so give me the Cowboy. Oh, fuck, you probably that's right. My I'm that's gonna my pick. Luck. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick your boy, the Hangman. Yeah, I think that's the right pick. Uh, next up, WrestleMania, we have a four way tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. The Guns defense against the Acclaimed, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, and the winners of Wednesday. I feel like this is an easy retain for the Guns because there's going to be a lot of bullshit with those four teams. Yeah, I would pick the Guns as well because it just feels like, like you said, they just fucking won them and they're probably keeping them warm for FTR if they ever come back. Well, that, so this is my other thing. The only way I really care about this is if FTR is the fourth team in this match. But I feel like maybe Wednesday is a big enough surprise. They just come out like all the tag teams are in the rain and then their music hits, whatever. But I don't know. I just I feel like it's more so that they win. And this is just a way to prolong the guns and the acclaimed feud because they'll pin either fucking Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett or whatever other. They'll probably put Top Flight or something in this match to showcase some of their youngsters. That's my guess. It'll either be them or Penta and Phoenix are my guess, but mm-hmm. I don't think it matters. So I think the guns are winning. Well, tag team battle royals are stupid anyway, but that's just my point. They're weird uh, for sure. But then WrestleMania, we have the main event, a 60-minute Iron Man match for the AEW World Championship. MJF defends against Brian Danielson. I, this is the most disappointing thing ever in my life, considering wow. what it should be. I don't think it's – I'm not even going to look and ask you. I just put MJF for both of us. So let's oh, just yeah. – let's call it what it is. Kiss the rain. Yeah, it's just – I'm not – and I'm sure there's going to be a fucking million things about how amazing this match was, and it might be. I just – the story sucked, and I don't need to watch wrestling for an hour, especially MJF. Like, part of his gimmick is that he doesn't work hard. So having him work the hardest is it's weird. I don't know. I find, I just it's disappointing. Revolution. Just, I hope it's great, but I won't be watching. I really hope that they turn themselves around because they deserve to have amazing product. And uh, now that ROH has its own tapings, I'm hoping to Christ we don't see the ROH thing anymore, and we just move over to AEW, which brought them to the dance in the first place. I think the problem with that is is he's going to want to get more eyeballs on the Ring of Honor. So how do you do that? You put some Ring of Honor guys on your fucking main show because it's free advertising. So it's. Yeah, I think they'll be less, but I think it's still gonna be there. Either You're way, you're still gonna have your Wheeler Yuta fucking awkward. Oh my and, god! I'm sure he'll be having a pre-show match. Him and Cesaro will take on somebody. Probably fucking two members of the J. <laughs> Probably Guevara and Garcia for the fifteenth time. <sighs> on that note, we hope you enjoyed this week of the Jobber Knocker. We'll be back next week with more Jobber Knockery and no more revolution. 